we're back at the ranch. You smell like outside. Yeah, I stink. <laughs> I, I understand you got, that. You smell like sweat and dirt. I believe the word you're looking for is man. My chiropractor You smell like man. Wouldn't smell like this in khakis. Yeah. You smell like, um, what's that, tiger balm? Well, <laughs> I have big news. What? Oh! So if you're ever on the moon what? and you look down and you see nothing but a deck, it's got my name on it. <laughs> yeah. And we, it's done. We, hallelujah, it only took you all summer. The, it is Summer's huge. not over. It's uh, Yeah, you have a week. I got two days. Three days. <laughs> well, t yesterday you said we don't count summer as the kid's schedule. You count it as like actual season. So you have a month, maybe left 20 days of summer or something. If you're doing it by like the calendar. Yeah, yeah that's the way we're okay. going to look at it. Because <laughs> the girls go back to school. Edie goes back to school in a week. And Rosie goes to school for the first time. Two days after that. It felt really weird to talk to other potential customers that were different. <laughs> so it's like, hey, remember me? I talked to you six months ago, but <laughs> I'm back. You finished your deck and I finished my 320 piece mailer. So go us. Now we're on to other things already. We're in the milestone month of our lives. What's August. The milestone? Well, August. My, my birthday. Yeah, it's your birthday month. <laughs> but you That's two, why it's a milestone. Two, but two weeks after is your birthday. September, the greatest month of the year. Uh -huh. uh, but I'm turning 40. Yeah. And then we just had our 17th anniversary. That's not really a big milestone. You, it turns out what we do for fun on our anniversary at 17 years is take a midday nap. <laughs> Send their kids away. <laughs> but we always have... Um, it was a busy... We didn't even do crab legs or nothing. No, we didn't. But we were out late, late because we help with an event called Rib Fest in our hometown. And I've been working on that event since I moved back home. And it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So last week we didn't get to the podcast because I was barely hanging on. I traveled to a couple different places to sing. And then it was Rib Fest on Friday. And Rib Fest is... I. 6,000 people on our main street downtown with a huge stage and then big bands. So all day they, uh, teams cook up ribs. There's a big contest. They win a thousand dollars and vendors, a car show. And then at the end of the night, there's local talent in the middle there. And at the end of the night, we have a big band. This year was um, Blackhawk, who I opened for both these bands in my life that were at Rib Fest. I opened for Blackhawk and I've opened for Hairball. <laughs> you always laugh, but hairball was really good. No, I just think it's funny that a folk singer like folk <laughs> that was bad. Yeah. A folk singer like me would have ever opened for a hair band tribute band. Like that's what hairball is. If no one ever if you haven't heard of them. Eighties hair eighties hair eighties rock, rock band. And they do smoke and lights and costume changes and they're great and I was like I wasn't skeptical about it. I just was like, well they're not I don't know. I didn't know, but people came out for hairball, dressed up. The funniest. The cops dressed up. The funniest which moment. Which was awesome. Two funny moments. Because they came trickling over, and they're like, Do you, "Could I have some water, please?" <laughs> and they're, they're dressed as kids. They were all. I only thought it was that one cop that was helping, but in front of the stage, 
But it was four of them. They were all four dressed as kids. We just have to remember cops are people too. Well, listen. <laughs> the funny. <laughs> so, and they're so, that was so cute. But it was, the funniest part was when I was walking back to the car down the street and everything was clearing out. It was like two in the morning. Chad and I bar backed the whole night. So we got to listen to the band, but we have a problem. And our problem is we can't just go to a place without like hauling chairs or sweeping or getting behind it there and serving beans. Like neither one that of was us know. by far my favorite <laughs> job I've yeah. ever had at Rib Fest. Because we could, we just, you just organized the beer. We were in the VIP tent. You have a tent. job, you can visit. It's not front lines. <laughs> yeah, we didn't have to handle change. I didn't have to break up fights. I didn't have to do I got like, to go in and out of, of the beer fridge because I was hot. That was good. <laughs> <clears throat> I noticed it took you a while in there. <laughs> it's dark. <laughs> but we served, I mean, how much beer, honestly, plus mixed drinks. But we were just organizing like the beer and seltzers so that, but there's like five people bartending for the VIP tent and they're, it was constant. It, we went yeah. through thousands of thousands of brewskis, which it is was cases and cases. It I was. Don't, I don't know. I opened more boxes than yeah. I have since I was in college. <laughs> it was really fun because you get to work with the good people, and I like that kind of high pace. It, and it was really fun. I wasn't picking up like in years past. I'd be picking up like gross garbage and sweeping the street, and we had help for that. So I just planted myself back there and um but anyway on, our, on my way back to the car I heard well because it's two in the morning and people are drinking all day and I heard some guys like yelling at each, another guy in the street and I was like I can't at first you can't really tell if it's serious but then he was like said something about like get up or let me show you how it's I do it or whatever and then out of nowhere from the alley comes kiss cop with his wig going to break up the fight and I was like I wonder how that's gonna like, take you seriously if you're dressed as kiss so <laughs> yeah well they get the job done it was and and I think it was because we were bar backing mm -hmm. but it was the least dramatic best like had the best time yeah I've ever had and I always have a good time but like it well was... you always wind up hauling things so we have to transform Main Street into a festival venue so that means shutting it down for a day or two days they shut it down on Thursday to get the stage in and get all the vendors on the street and it's just a stressful gig for those people people that don't do events don't I don't think really fully understand until they're in the middle of it especially these high paced like a lot of things to organize a lot of moving elements you have to keep the businesses happy. You want to keep the general public happy. You got to keep the bands happy. You which to get the one band off and the next band on. And the... I stayed out of the band this year. That's been the most stressful part of that job for me because there's you think you get the riders all figured out, and then when you get down to the nitty gritty of it, the road manager's like, "Where's our 37 hand towels? We need 37 hand towels." I'm like, "Well." Then I'm such a yes person. Then I'm like, okay, you said you need 37 hand towels. When really you're just supposed to say, yep, you run home no. and grab our hand I know. towels. Like. <laughs> exactly. So I've just, but I think that those bands are really good to work with. One year, uh, by the grace of God, we got Queen Winona Judd, not last year, but the year before. And Little Texas, when I was listening to them when we were working, I knew every single song 
of theirs and it brought me back to like 1996 on George Comer's bus rolling down the road every song so that was cute and he brought his little boy on stage and then we had some talent show winners from our art in the park that got to perform so local talent got to perform on that big stage and that was cool and so I didn't get to see that. how'd that go I didn't get to good. see that part yeah it went good we had where people like were they people pumped? came up yeah like the, the performers I think so. I mean, it's always kind of intimidating to get on a stage like that, but it's also right, but very cool. Yes. Yeah, like well, not them, very many people get to do that. One was a dancer, and so she couldn't be on the stage because it wasn't big enough. There's too mm-hmm. much equipment. What did she do? She just did it right in front on the okay. pavement. And then she was great. She did great. And then Paula Slow has been on bigger stages before. She does some Christian music, so she did great. And then this David Cooper, who I met at T-Ball, he has a little girl that oh, does yeah. t-ball. He sells Guitar guitar, guitars that he paints, really artistic guy. And he's like, yeah, I sing. Well, he is a great guitar player and a great singer. And I wound up hiring him for some other things. So anyway, that all is like, it's awesome to be able to provide a spot like that for them to perform. I think we'll be able to do more local talent again. Um, but yeah, it's fun to be up there on stage like that. So I think they had a good time. But um so anyway, yeah, we got home at, we stayed in that townhouse and the girls went camping with your parents and we went Edie to sleep. caught the biggest fish of her life. Oh, yes. That was cool. Pretty, that was pretty epic. She, she said, Dad, three uh, people had to hold up the fish and they all, like, I think the fish was bigger than the three people. <laughs> well, how big was it, do you think? Are we, do we have it to eat in the fridge? Is that yeah. what we have? I mean, it's a, a northern, so it's pretty, you know, maybe. They're big. Yeah, it's big. But she but was. Not like, you know, not like record book right. big or anything. But for but, a kid who's but only for her pulled who, up, like. Who has lived on bluegills. And sunfish from Minnesota Lake. I bet yeah, that was really like, awesome. It was huge. Like, she, because this summer caught the, what was previously the record. Because she caught that largemouth bass. Oh, at the at Minnesota. Was, yeah, which was the biggest fish she had ever seen, and that was maybe like a, I don't know, three pound bass or something. Yeah. But it was. I've never caught a fish as big as she. Caught. I've never caught a largemouth big as big as that. Have you ever caught a northern that big? Yeah. They get bigger though. Yeah, they they get huge. And that's the like kind of huge, fish that huge. people don't really mm-hmm. like to eat because there's so many. Well, bones. the thing is, people like to eat them. They don't like to clean, clean them. them because if you eat it. I guarantee you, unless you're some kind of palate connoisseur, if I put palate you Palate connoisseur. Like your palate in your mouth? <laughs> yeah, okay. I don't know what you call those people, but <laughs> if you put like walleye and northern on the same plate. Oh, you won't be able to tell the difference. If you clean it right, there's not bones. Yeah. You, you can't tell. Mm-hmm. I can't tell. Especially if you fry it. Like especially if you fry Which it. Which is, let's be real, most people like that. I do the best. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. Truth. So anyway, it was, I don't know, probably a, like a six or seven pound northern. So it's not like, it's big fish for her for sure. But it's not like a, you know. They had a lot. They get of, like 25 pounds. Yeah. You know, they get huge. The biggest fish I ever caught was a paddlefish. And it wasn't even a big paddlefish. But remember that? No, no. no it was not, not only not a big paddlefish. It was a tiny <laughs> What? It was the cutest little paddlefish I've ever seen. No, you and Jason. Jason caught a little one. Yeah. But still one a... of I can't remember who was who, but one of you caught a thirteen pounder and one of you caught a seventeen. A seventeen pound fish is big, but 
For those but that paddlefish was that, small. Like that fourth paddlefish year that that was the same year. That's we both a, caught this. I fish. caught a seventy-eight pounder. Of course. Like you that's did. how big paddlefish. But and now that, that's not a huge paddlefish either. I don't know if people know what a paddlefish is. So let's Man, maybe not. I don't know. Not from around here if you're not listening. Paddlefish are swordfish with a flat sword. <laughs> well, let's... Because we were talking about it. They're at... <coughs> they, there's a paddlefish season here in the spring at the confluence of the Yellowstone and Missouri River. And they come and spawn? What are they yeah. doing there? Yeah, they come up river to spawn. So then it's like Redneck Central. And I'm saying this with the utmost love and respect to rednecks. But... They all gather along the river's edge at we those fit places. In. We fit in right well with our pickup camper. And it used to be... We have a luxury pickup camper <laughs> for that place. It used to be an annual thing for our friends and us, but it's gotten where we don't do it anymore. But you snag them. So there's a season and they harvest the females for their caviar here. So you snag them with a big old hook and reel them in that way it's not like a baited fish and so mine was the heart was hard to reel in with the giant poles like deep sea fishing poles because that was hooked on its side and I was pulling it like sideways and I almost fell in the river remember that remember that back I before do. I had muscle yeah <laughs> like if, I do now if you didn't have your brother-in-law we might still be looking for you <laughs> be floating um because you were going in I was going in uh, so anyway, other than a paddlefish, I've never caught a big fish like that. Oh, yeah, me neither. I'm the, I'm the worst fisherman. I I'm see. good at paddle fishing. That's it. Pat, well, but paddle, paddle fishing to me, this is this is what how fun. I. Because you keep casting. I think it's like hunting. Yeah. Like I'm fun. hunting them, not yeah. trying to feed them. Right, right, right. Like you're hunting them. Well, because it's an action. You're that's casting. not a real thing, but that's just what I think in my head. Well, it makes sense though, because you're casting and reeling and casting and reeling. It's, yeah, you're it's moving. completely a lock It's not thing. Like, like you're put your fish in the water or fish, put your line in the water and just wait and for something to bite. You're like actively like skimming the water for them. They're prehistoric things. And some yeah, people they're crazy looking. They're only in certain parts of the world. Someone was talking about it, but then um dad kind of corrected them that they're in other parts. They're like down in the south too, some of those rivers. Yeah, well, because the Yellowstone in sure. Missouri and like there are there are other places. And I think they're in like China or something. Maybe. I don't know. I've never been there. <laughs> well, I think anyways. Well, we can Google that. Um But they're pretty they're pretty rare. Yeah. They're like sturgeon. We have sturgeon. Mm. And there are other places also, but it's pretty rare. Like not mm -hmm. regular. Oh, it was fun when we would sturgeon do it. get huge, like cars. Like they get Ew. huge. Where did they live? In the river? Yeah, same place. Spooky. That? I've never seen a huge one. Like, I've seen huge ones on camera, mm -hmm. like YouTube or whatever, but I've never actually seen a huge one. But if you go, like when we go paddle fishing, if you go cat fishing, you'll catch sturgeon, which you can't do. Like, I mean, you can't help it when they're there. Or you just put them back? Yeah, you just let them, because you can't Are legally. they like endangered? Yes. Huh. So you, they are here. Oh. I don't know if they are, like you can fish them other places or whatever, but here you can't. Huh. What's like special about them? They're just big. I don't know. They're endangered. I don't know. There's not very many left. Okay. I, I, that's a game and fish question. That <laughs> I just know you can't catch them. Okay. But if you're catfishing, you will catch one. I like to catfish. We would catfish on the river when I was a kid. 
just go down under the bridge and then all you had to do to catfish was put a worm on the line and stick your pole in the sand and then eat sunflower seeds <laughs> and then walk up and down the bank and watch for it to go beep, beep. yep but so that's that's the only kind of fishing i like other fishing to me is like golf well i do like to be outside and and things but then i'm like with golf well, after the second hole and 45th swing, I'm like, how many holes are there to go? You go fishing with Ross because it's like an More arc. action. Well, well he'd like, you're, if you're not catching them, then you're switching and you do yeah. this and you do this. And you're like, like, we did fishing that I've never heard of. He's but like we caught fish like crazy when we did that. And his brother's a professional hunter. and Well, and you missed your chance to go fishing with him because we were celebrating our anniversary by taking a nap. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> he was going to well, take you out. You got to like, do what you got to do. Like his little boy, <laughs> take you fishing. It was like you did last year where he just did everything for you and you just sat there. Yeah, I had my little cooler <laughs> with my M&M's, my peanut M&M's, and I just... It was like old times. He yeah, was obsessed. He let me reel them in. <laughs> it was great. I loved it. I loved every minute of now it. Now I feel bad. You should have went because... I had in my mind that Well, morning. the kids are going to go to school. I'm going to call them because okay. there's also fish when there's school. Is there? There's also deck projects. Just everything still happens. still happens. I'm not in school anymore. Uh, yeah, we. well, it's a I don't have thing. football practice. We're not doing two-a-days. <laughs> like, I, I can... It's a different thing to have kids, both kids on the school schedule. When Edie went to kindergarten, that was a big change. So my little sister, Alex, is sending her oldest to kindergarten. At the same time, and that's her first kid. And her youngest to preschool. Yeah, and she's going to start working So preschool is not every day, all day, but still, yeah. it'll be the first time in six years that she's had time to herself. Right, so she got a job. <laughs> Smart. She's, well, Smart she's a guidance her. counselor, so she's going to help out at the school, and they'll, they need her, and we need teachers, and she's really good at what she does. So I'm excited for her, but she's worried about what to wear <laughs> but that day that morning that we got up on saturday we were gonna have the whole day and i'm like we'll get up we'll go riding we'll go to dinner like it's, it's kind too, of too many things there's so for many sure. things to do it's like the classic mom thing that you do when someone takes your kids or my dad or whatever and you have like an hour alone and especially when they're I'm going to clean little. the whole house and mow the lawn. Yeah. And, and it's just like, I'm oh, wait, the hour's website. over I'm and gonna, I haven't started yet. Start my novel. <laughs> I ended up taking a nap. <laughs> Basically just scrolling through Instagram for an hour. But that's kind of what happened with us. We went to breakfast. I ate a giant caramel roll all by myself. We had, I had like That's not couple. like a. I know it's not a new, not like, news. It's not news. Well, it's not that it's not news, but it's like, not it's not surprising. rare. No, I love a caramel you, roll. You always love a caramel roll. And they were big. That was I love them too. But busy. It was busy in I town. also, I just like, if there's a chicken fried steak or a caramel roll. Oh, I know. That steak is getting mowed. I know. I know. And you're. The gravy and like, they always put mashed potatoes. And I love them. Yeah. Okay. They, I love, or not mashed potatoes, the. Hash browns. Hash browns. But who can eat in the morning a steak and gravy and hash browns and eggs and toast like Especially who could possibly do that you hadn't done anything before you it's got also up like, or like after got up biscuits and gravy is the same thing to me i absolutely love them but who can wake up and eat biscuits and gravy like that's someone that's gonna get after it to build a big deck yeah <laughs> then no, you have to like, bend over nothing says nap like gravy <laughs> like it just doesn't work well that you way. said it it's like in a breakfast invention where you 
where it was invented after you've been up doing chores for two hours in the cold, and then you come in and yeah, have then it's like it's like lunch not breakfast. Like, it's like uh, brunch, but like not fancy brunch it's yeah. like brunch because you're working brunch right. and it's not made for people who are like oh i woke up at nine like i need these calories my- <laughs> so i don't freeze to death <laughs> right, exactly. like that anyway so we wound up doing nothing which i promised you if we stayed home because we were staying home that i wasn't gonna work and i didn't i didn't clean i didn't work until sunday morning i worked a little bit <laughs> but i held oh and we watched a movie we went to supper out and like not at the theater we watched a movie in our basement yeah well yeah with some snacks we watched a movie that had swear words in it because we didn't have the girls it was fun so that was fun and i stayed awake for it and everything and then we went got the girls in but i have a question because we're talking about rib fest and we're done with that now but this is the first time ever in my history of rib fest that i didn't eat a rib and i don't know who won oh you didn't hear me announce it Uh uh-uh it was Hess. Really? Um, yes. Good for them. I think. Yeah. There was a tie for third. I can't remember. Yeah. Um, when they, yeah. Now I'm nervous that I said that wrong, but I think it's right. Well, I'm just, whatever. Yeah. But, but I it's a nice thing for those companies. Wasn't MDU was on a streak there. They were winning. MDU? It, the, you and know, I was... never eat ribs. I've been helping plan it for 10, 11 years, and I've never eat ribs at Rib Fest. I love them. I know, I don't eat them. You've been a judge before. A few times. Yeah. So, I don't love that as much. Like, I do, but I don't, because I just like to eat them. But you can't, when you're judging, you just get, like, a bite. Mm -hmm. But you get, like, 40 bites. Yes, over 20 teams. It's it's really hard. It's like two tons of ribs they serve that day. It's big. Yeah. Um, I cooked in it one year. Yeah, you did. For your the first company. year I ever went to it, I cooked in it. Yeah, that that's was, when it was. That's an experience. When it was a little, quite a bit smaller, but yeah. But it was still 150 yeah. pounds of ribs. I that's know. a lot. It's a of lot ribs. of ribs. In case anybody's wondering, 150 pounds is multiple coolers. Yeah. Well, everyone I think cast to cook 200 pounds of ribs minimum, so we can feed everybody yeah, they, ribs. Yeah, they upped it. It might even be more now. The chamber, Watford City Chamber, puts it on, so um. Mary, shout out to Mary. I know she's listening, but she puts on a hell of a show every year, and I just am her moral support. I just check in. <laughs> yeah, it was great. See how it's going and how I can help, and yeah, it's a pretty. But like, awesome. who? Okay, so if you're not involved in the process at all, you're not behind the scenes working. You're not. You're just in the community. Like what? You get a super awesome it's a concert, free concert followed, mm-hmm. like at the end of a day of ribs and games and kids stuff yeah. and bouncy houses and yeah we had sponsors like this year whatever every like, kid could get their it's face kind painted of like for a, free like the fair mm-hmm. i feel like it's somehow Only we shut the middle of the town down yeah. and turn it into like a thing well to to accomplish that downtown and is a feat it's a definite feat and it's not always smooth sailing but at the end of the night ever since i've done it um it's always worth it to see everyone have fun and it's a very much like a community building um exercise because you have to work together as the planners with the city and different businesses and organizations but i also feel like it is a way for organizations and non-main street businesses to like oil companies and organizations 
power companies, whatever, to kind of give back and say thanks and be visible by participating. Well, and it's a fun thing for the people that work there. Yeah, that, they have camaraderie. You know, they get to do like, you know, there's always those, we're going to do a team building fun yeah. thing that is never fun. <laughs> But that actually is like that. Like an like icebreaker. Yeah, icebreakers like, are my nightmare. I hate. But yeah, so. Oh, icebreakers! Tell me something about you that nobody knows. Uh, like, well, nobody knows even, it because I'm not gonna tell you. I don't even know something that nobody knows. Like that is. Mm, like, what would you that's say? That's always an icebreaker thing. And or then two I have to, truths and a lie. I have to make up a thing. Then you have to make like, up a lie. And then you're like, I'm an open book. I don't really. I mean. I don't have any secrets. Yeah. The the ones that I do have, they're. They're, they're buried, they're being buried, for a buried with you. but you're gonna, yeah, you're all of a sudden gonna show the strangers that you work with that you have like a 16th toe. Or yeah, but by the way, I have four arms, <laughs> I just hide these ones back here, and that's why I'm so efficient. <laughs> I don't think you could hide four arms unless they're like tiny. You don't know, it's my secrets. <laughs> Anyways, we have a lot to catch up on. I, um, this week's column, well, we met, la the week that we skipped was a column about the girls bringing the snake into the house, which we covered in the last episode, um, because these wild children of mine. But this week's column is about scars, and it just occurred to me that I probably hadn't written this, but in my shows, um, I talk, especially when I'm public speaking and talking to a group, there's one that one kind of theme that I use quite a bit for in this summer I have been using it just in about resiliency and gratefulness and I write the story about my big chest scar no, and I was wondering where you're going yeah but. and just my cancer in general and I talked about this the last time we were on here about how I finally found a medication that is working for me so I've been feeling so much better with my headaches but it's also like, well, came up on my phone that I'm due for a CT scan again to check on the cancer. Every six months, there's a reminder about this thing that happened to me. But every day, there's a reminder in this like zipper scar down my chest. And um, I don't know if you remember this because it's so weird when I was told that I had to have that surgery. They were gonna go in under my armpit, remember? That was, yeah, that was an option. Or down the middle of my chest and then when they said down the middle of my chest somehow that felt like more daunting than over in the side of my ribs even though the doctor said that the ribs probably would be more painful but it just seemed like opening me up and having that like open heart surgery scar was gonna be like I wasn't worried about the scar but it just you seemed never like, would talk about the scar no I wasn't worried about that with just the but idea I mean, they that split they you would wide split open, you open or they're gonna go in a little hole like right. that was kind of the they're gonna go into the scope in the little hole, or they're gonna cut or you. Or they're gonna use yeah. tools and rip yeah. your chest open. Is that what they do? Do they use like a saw? You know, what a, you know what a fence stretcher is? No. Yes, no, but, I do. Right, but it's like a fence stretcher only backwards. So you ratchet the thing and it peels you open. <gasps> That's what they use. Oh my god! Oh, after they see, use, I can't. after they use a saw, like yeah, they it's like, a complete. It's a saw that slices your sternum like open. Like a scalpel. And then well, they cut the skin of the scalpel, but then they use a saw to cut Jesus. the bone, and then they use that pry bar thing to... They don't say any of this No, they, no <laughs> they don't. And at Mayo, they explain or, the surgery. Or, like they say, we're gonna, we can just do a scope and punch a little hole and go in through your ribs on the side. Right. 
but that's going to be more painful. But I don't know if that would have been more painful or I not. I don't know. I, I <laughs> have never done it either. I don't want to have either one of those But things, I knew but... Dad had that surgery. He had been cut down the middle um, when he had his aortic dissection. And so I kind of looked at his scar and remembered it, and it wasn't really big things. I wasn't worried about it. But I remember when I, about the scarring. I just wanted to live, obviously. That was the biggest, <laughs> the biggest thing. They also don't tell you. So they tell you in the surgery prep you know at Mayo you talked everyone that comes in there explains the procedure to you and you have to consent that you understand so I had to hear not the saw and the stretcher they didn't go that far but I had to hear what they were going to do to me like six or seven times and yeah. had to like yeah, say I yeah. know yep yep so um but what they didn't tell me is that after my surgery because they also had to cut my airway apart and get the cancer that was why they were in there to get the cancer off of my airway and remove a part of the airway and then put it back together that was like the scariest part for me because it was like what if you don't get it all or what if you cut too much you can't like put it back together yeah, it only stretches so far you and can't then what does it do one. to your voice and what does yeah, it do yeah what does it do to you know they didn't know but they didn't tell me that they were going to sew my chin to my chest <laughs> yeah they, they, and they, they didn't, didn't on mention purpose. that because I didn't even know it was tied down there until like two days later when you start kind of perking up. and I, I would have liked to have known that. It was yeah, kind of was a like shocker. Gross. And it was just it, one Not that it was stitch. gross, but it was like you have an, an expectation. Right. And then it was like, wow, what are you doing? And then they explain it after the fact. So I and then you're like, like, you're like, okay, because you were so out of it that. Yeah, I didn't really know. You, know, you don't even know what planet you're on. Until later. So anyway, I wasn't. The story of this week's column isn't really about all of that, but about that kind of like situation and the idea that I had some interviews um, after that. People wanted to talk to me about my career and how this cancer played into that and how I was doing with music and whatever, just checking in. And I was talking to somebody that was interviewing me and I can't remember, but I was on a Zoom if I recall correctly. And I just had a tank top on and you could see my scar. And at that point it was fresh still, so it was way more visible. Probably still had some of, what did they stitch it? They glued it. Glued it. Yeah. And then, well, they stapled your sternum Inside. and glued the skin part. Ooh. But Anyway, no big deal, some staples in there. Um, I didn't even think of it. So she was like, you know, my husband has the same scar after it talked a long time, but I tell him to cover it up. She's like, why don't, like it wasn't like an insult she wasn't like you shouldn't cover it up but she was kind of curious how I couldn't be self-conscious about it right and I never really thought about being self-conscious about it I didn't really I thought about it and like I looked at it and like okay this is a part of me now here I am well I remember talking about it and it was never a thing that you were like that was the least of my words. yeah it was like well this is just this is a part of me. This is like I'm alive. Right. So you can be alive with a scar right. or not scarred and not alive. Right. But I hadn't really like processed the f idea maybe that it was going to be with me forever. I don't know. Well, she, it's a thing that you can't like how do you process that? You can know that. Yeah. But until you know it, you can't know well, it. It's there. You know? Yeah. And it's a choice that you make, right? To whatever to have a feeling about it or is it a choice to have a feeling about it i'm not sure because everything's about perspective and that's sort of what i was trying to okay they're in a major game of barbies <laughs> major 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 um anyway 
So, what was I saying? Whether it's a choice. Oh, how you're going to react. Because I like to think it is, but if it was really bothering this woman, her husband's scar, it wasn't her choice to have it bother her. It just did. And she said he would put his shirts on and she'd buttons his shirts up to the top so he would hide his scar. And I'm not judging that. I just thought it was really interesting because why would she be embarrassed of her husband's scar? And it maybe depends on the circumstances of his condition, but I kind of wonder if it's not because it reminds her how like scared she was. And that, maybe, I mean, there's a lot there's to a lot all to of that stuff. Of. Like to me, you know, being like the wife or husband or whatever, it's not even a thought I ever had. Right. Like you can't help if you have a thought. Right. You can't help if you don't. But I, I just didn't, never even crossed my mind. It's not, I don't even notice it. Like right. I don't. I well, and I also realize, have like, I, I would notice it if you went out of your way to cover it up. Mm-hmm. That would make me like it would make, make you feel me uncomfortable notice. about it. Even, like it would maybe. draw my attention. It would make you, but you just live your life the way you've always lived, and so then it's like, okay, we're gonna live regular. Well, I joked about um, about how I thought from far away it makes me look like I have cleavage. <laughs> yeah, so you got that going for you. <laughs> Doesn't really, <laughs> but like, oh, you could think that. I finally have a crack, but I also have like two, <laughs> two. How deep are you gonna get? Here? <laughs> two holes? No. Why do you think I was gonna? I say? don't know. I don't know where you're going. Some you overshare. I'm like, I don't oh, know. I was touching my boobs when I'm talking about this. That's I have not two what I was scars underneath my boobs and right in the middle, where tubes came out, which are really gross and weird too. Um, but anyway, so it reminded me of this story I tell on stage. So I'm getting somewhere with this, and I say this in the column. And I'll just retell it quickly because I don't know if you remember it. But we took the girls out to Mackenzie Bay. And at that time, they were only two and four. So they were little. And they still wanted me to lift them up and carry them. And I couldn't carry anything, not even a milk jug at that time. But I was feeling mobile enough that I wanted to, like, go out and do life because I was sick of sitting around. But I was still, like, sore. Anyway, we were... On the lake that day, I don't remember what we all did, but I remember that we were in the marina and we had ice cream. And from across the marina, like the front driveway lawn part of that of the restaurant, a man yelled at me. <laughs> I had my swimsuit on. And he was like, hey. And he pointed to his chest. Did you have heart surgery? <laughs> and I was like, Huh. Oh, like reminded in that moment that it was visible. I do not remember that. Like my trauma, the thing I just went through was visible outwardly. It wasn't just something I was feeling like yeah. in my body. And because, you know, sometimes it's kind of like when you have a new, this is kind of, when you have like a different haircut and you, someone notices it, this maybe doesn't happen to other people. Then you get like embarrassed because it was like, oh, I got this, but I didn't like, know that you would notice or something you know are you talking about bangs <laughs> no shut up shut up about my bangs i just mean like i just mean like that realization that oh yeah people can see me i think it feels like that yeah, that like happens how I to feel me like, sometimes like people can smell me <laughs> you can make well, like oh you can also yeah because i noticed that i didn't know you, i didn't know you could notice it's like that. so it's like i have a three foot buffer okay yeah. that's good that's good to know but sometimes do you ever get caught in that where it's like oh people are looking at me mm. i'm not just in this world where i'm I think 
I yeah, don't. well, it's different because I don't have any. Well, sometimes like, if you're like big thing like that, but in the middle of something, or you're in your own well, head, or you're walking down the street. When you're to somebody street. who puts everything online, you always <laughs> like I don't wouldn't normally think about things, but it's like oh, pictures are going to be taken, <laughs> and I'm going to be like yeah. out there. So you kind of always, but I'm, also always. I'm just not. talking about more in the moment where maybe you're thinking you're discreet or thinking you're in your own head that nobody's noticing you and then they say hey i like your shirt and they're like oh yeah you can see my shirt <laughs> i don't know That's yeah no I, I get that like you just <clears throat> forget that you're outward facing sometimes so then i was like like i never know if people are going to notice my freedom feet <laughs> american flag sandals i guarantee they can notice those american i see them thank you for showing i like them with your you didn't, you didn't black say socks. you didn't say anything so well i knew they were going to become your fashion staple i just didn't know they were going to become your house shoes <laughs> my crocs weren't handy <laughs> anyway so then what was i where was i going with this oh he caught me in a moment of being like oh you can see me and you can also see this and you of course you're gonna wonder but you like pointed it out because that's the other thing sometimes I catch people or caught people when it was more noticeable looking at it looking at it this happened to me in Dickinson just last month looking at it looking at my eyes looking at the scar looking at my eyes so you know what it feels like to be chesty I guess <laughs> <laughs> like oh is it because of, it's not because my eyes of, are up here <laughs> Jeez, my B cuffs <laughs> are so voluptuous anyway uh so then I was like, well, no. Okay, so he yells, heart surgery? And I was like, no. After I gathered myself, tumor. <laughs> like, no big deal. It was a tumor. Well, then, then it's like <laughs> something about your family who is incredibly resilient for some reason, but it's like not the regular. Yeah, we like, wouldn't It's have like your no, dad. Yeah. Heart surgery? No. My veins exploded. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, you can't be a regular thing. It has to be some weird, like, like weird... I watched it on a doctor show yeah. thing. You know, it's not a... What I had was pretty rare. But it was a cool moment fresh in my journey with all of this. Or I could... I was seen in a different way. And then he was like, oh, I have the same thing. And he, like, lifted his shirt up and showed me his scar. And then I was like... Yeah, <laughs> cool. And then he went on his way, and I was able to declare the thing that both of us, the things, the worst thing that's ever happened to us in our whole life. We I, wound like, up at the is marina it, is together. Is it weird? Like, this is a weird thing about me, maybe. It's like a thing that people don't know. Okay. <clears throat> I like it, strangely, when people just own it. Like, if yes. you have a scar, or maybe you know, like an amputation or mm -hmm. like, just own it. Like I'm just, I am well, what I am, yeah. not hide it, not be. And I know you don't read my column. <laughs> I read it when it comes to me in the email. I don't check my emails anymore because I don't have to. So. Well, anyway, but that was my point kind of. I argue and through our infertility and through the shit that happened with my sick parent, my dad, who Tried to die I know your medical time. charts are basically online. What? I said your medical charts are basically online. Oh, well, like, it's an accounting of all of the things you've been through. Yeah, because I, I've decided, and I think I've said this on here before, with our infertility journey, with the miscarriages and loss and things, that I was not going to like be secretive about it. 
because I didn't know before it happened to me that it happened to anybody. And so I think the greatest gift that we can give to other humans and to ourselves is to share as much as we're comfortable with about our lives and be as not like shouting from the rooftops and making people uncomfortable in grocery stores when they ask you how you are and then you show them your bunion. <laughs> like that's different. <laughs> no, but there's a difference to but, that confidence of owning it. Like that's kind of, I guess what I was getting at. Just the, I'm not going to make a thing of it, but I'm not going to make a thing of it. Right. Like it's just one extreme or the other. Like it just, this is what it being is. Being like, human, I found, and when you're young, you don't, understand this because you haven't been through it and some young people have. are you saying you're not young no i'm not young. lordy lordy who's almost 40 i got a week no yeah about a week a little less what day is it anyway oh you got no, nine gotta, days i have to you're cutting off my train I'm of sorry. thought at the middle of it and I so thought now you I'm wanted me to talk to, i want you to talk but i can't remember where i'm going when you with it i'm trying to be linear here i can't remember what i was saying oh about sharing your story and about how people don't well just for and example you don't know when you're young you don't know okay thank you you were listening <laughs> well i think you thought bad things happen to other people when you're young and then when they're staring you in the face what number? 41 minutes I gotta edit. <laughs> I actually think this is why people tune in. <laughs> it's hard enough for me to keep a train of thought. I'm sorry. But the point that I try to make is that it's the greatest gift that we can do for ourselves and our fellow humans is to be human. And being human means you have, everyone has a scar or something that they've gone through that if you share it can help the next person potentially feel more open, feel more seen, just owning that yeah. hard part of them. And I'm not just talking about physical ailments. I'm talking about today even someone came up to me and I asked her, or we were working together doing something and I asked her how she was doing and she wasn't doing good. Something bad had happened to her and she told me about it. And it's okay to say that. And I'm glad because I could tell it was all over her face, and as soon as she told me, she was like, oh, I just needed to tell somebody else what's been going on, and it just makes me feel better. Thanks for listening. Isn't that why we're here? I'm not here to make small talk, and I've said this before, and so I just value that so much, and sometimes I think, especially us, Mid us Midwesterners, feel like we have to be fine all the time, not to feel loved, but to to feel worth, worth, just, I don't know, like our worth, what's the word? Like our value is placed on how good we're doing <laughs> or something. Well, you know, and it's like, we're from such a stoic society yes. that you just say, fine, you're good. Mm -hmm. And then I'm also, good. I'm always good. We no kind matter of what, I'm always good. We kind of reward that. So this, I'm pushing back on this a little bit because you'll have someone going through something shitty. And I have a friend who's going through something a cancer thing and the first thing I heard did when I heard about it is I am here for you to tell me that it sucks because when people talk about people who are sick 
the first thing they want to tell you is, she's so strong, you wouldn't even know that she's yeah, sick. Yeah, right, right. And that is not something to be proud of. I don't think you have to be strong all the time. Sometimes you can say that this is bullshit and it's not fair, and that's but okay. But there's a comfort level that you can because open you, up to, like, to your people. You yes. Know, like, that's a well, you should. thing to say, but, like, like, a person would feel comfortable talking to you. Sure. Because they're going through it, you've gone through it wouldn't necessarily talk to me because I haven't. Sure, but... And I get that also. Like, I well, also get that. you kind of also, as a mom or as a parent or, I don't know, a Midwestern person, you have this urge to make everyone around you feel comfortable with it. And I fought that a lot when I was sick, and I still do. I didn't want to worry my mom. I didn't want to worry... I was open with you because you're, like, looking at me. But I didn't want to worry my friends. I didn't want to make a big deal out of it. I did. I just wanted to go under the radar. I wanted to keep everyone else comfortable because I knew what I could handle. I could handle. I didn't want to put it on them. So there's a lot of that that happens with people too, especially yeah. with your kids and stuff. But I talk about it here in the column that I'll read with my girls, and they were little, but they knew what was something was weird they we were gone from them for two weeks and i came back and we talked about what was going to happen but they got to see my scar and they if i was scared of it or hiding it or or covering it up or being fussy about it or not talking to them when they asked me about it it would make it even more scary so that's a very very literal manifestation of that yeah. where they asked about the scar and I told them exactly what happened and that I'm still me and I'm okay. Edie had a bigger reaction <laughs> when I came to pick her up at school and I had cut bangs <laughs> and she cried. She did. Yep. <laughs> but isn't that funny? That's like kids are only scared of what, I mean, that's not entirely true, but you can help guide them through what's scary I told scary the kids I was gonna isn't. shave off my beard. And they they lost their minds. <laughs> anyway. Like that's because that's what they focus. Well, that's what the, they know. the other thing that people have to think about, which I always try to put myself in that situation. I think most people do, but you, what you focus on of yourself is not what other people. Yeah. Like they don't notice the same things you notice. So like like if the you, wily chin hair. Yeah, if you're too <laughs> tall or you're too short or if your yeah. chin's too long or if it's too short or if your jawbone is too pronounced or if it's not pronounced enough, you know, like whatever the thing you think about yourself does not necessarily mean anybody else thinks the same thing well, about that is whatever true. you think. Except for your daughters. My daughters started pointing out my flaws <clears throat> pretty our and, our and, children are very <laughs> brutal. Brutal. Like brutally honest. What did Edie say about my nose? Like this is a big belly got there, big papa. <laughs> <laughs> like what? Okay, bananas for me. Like <laughs> Edie said to me, what did she say? They were talking about the Veter nose with my cousin. Oh, they're really curious about the because somehow they got into why? the bump on the nose. Because she's worried she's going to grow up to look well, like me. <laughs> one of them's worried that she's going to get a bump. The other one's worried she's not going to get a bump. So she told Rosie yesterday, like, you have a nose like mom. You're going to have a bump on it. And Rosie's like, doesn't care. And then asked, well, how'd you get, how'd you get a bump on your nose, Dad? I'm like, well, you break it enough times, and then you'll get one. Mine's just... Or you can be born with it. <laughs> genetic. And, but then I said something to Edie... She had 
commented a lot a couple of months ago about my big nose and then she said something like like oh do you think it's ugly or whatever I didn't say that I don't remember what I said but she basically said you're you're a pretty mom well well you're pretty when you have your hair down (laughs) oh I was like thanks but she's come out of the womb like looking at me with a um scrutiny Remember when she used to be, she was so little she couldn't even talk, but she'd pull my hair out of a ponytail? She like, eh, yeah. she didn't yeah, like, like it. No, no, not that, not that. This, this is not working for me. Anyways. Both, both of our kids, I don't even attempt to dress them. <gasps> okay, so we're, I have written down back to school, end of summer. Rosie's wearing it right now. We had to do a, go to a funeral. Oh my God, I love her style. Last week. And so we did a quick power shop in Minot at Target on the way home, just an hour. That's all we had, which is, I think, probably the perfect way to do it. So I let the girls pick out some clothes. And in the past, well, for a while, I was picking out all their clothes. Of course, they're little. Last year was the first year I realized I couldn't pick out Edie's clothes because she has a sense of style and everything I was picking. Well, she's in school now, so they... Was not right for her. Well, Rosie... So I knew Edie needed to be there and to pick her stuff out, and she was going through, and it's really fun and cute. Rosie is picking things looking at things she's picky she sees a black leather motorcycle jacket in target like grease yeah leather. zippers everything. she beelines for it oh i could wear i could wear this i could wear this and she's tried to wear it every every day. single day <laughs> since then and so i said well i looked at it it was like 25 95 miles. degrees outside she's trying to put that motorcycle everything jacket on. she picked out from there on i told her she could have that leather jacket pleather jacket she would put it underneath the jacket yeah. to see and she goes i could wear this i could wear it with my combat boots and my jeans and my skirt and like oh like she had a whole outfit mm-hmm. plan and yeah she's wearing it today my mom got her a matching pleather skirt <laughs> oh she's all about that so that's Rosie heading into kindergarten in her leathers. So, as we speak, she's in the bedroom playing Barbies with her full leather jacket like, on. Oh, mean, full but also a bow in her hair, too. She yep. has a bow, her pleather leather black jacket. I love it. Yeah, she has, oh, Rosie's a vibe. And um, so that was really fun. But Her, her favorite's Joan Jett. Yes, yeah, like, so Ro, Ro will pick out Joan Jett on Alexa, and Edie will pick out Taylor Swift on Alexa. And that pretty much sums them up. That is, Rosie wants to be a drummer in a rock band, and Edie wants to be a solo female singer. She doesn't want to play any instrument. Mm, <laughs> she wants to be the that. star. <laughs> so anyway, they go to their open house tomorrow, which I thought was Tuesday, so I almost got that screwed up. Um, but we'll go meet her teacher, and then off they go. Um, yeah. They're getting excited for it. Edie's really excited. It's funny to watch because now she's a second grader. I know. So she has been there, done that, seen that, knows that. She knows the teacher. Yeah. She knows the routine. And then she has two cousins who are yeah. going to be kindergartners. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you'll be fine. Just do this and do this. <laughs> and coaching them through how to survive school, basically. Yeah. Oh, like, it's her best dream to know something more. Than, yeah. yeah. That's her. And thing. she knows everything about mm-hmm. everything. She does, and she's like the is, typical first child. So I'm trying to think what else we have to catch up on. There's so much. I'm going to the Brandy Carlisle and Pink concert on Friday and Saturday, Saturday in Fargo. with Friday, me. Saturday, Sunday? Yeah, I'm leaving on Friday. And um, I was thinking back on 
while the concerts I've seen of Brandy. A two-day concert, a two-hour concert is going to be gone for three days. It's my birthday weekend. Week before mom. my birthday. <laughs> um, but mom got us tickets a no, long time ago. it's great. Ago. And I, like, that would be an awesome concert. Well, I've seen... And I seen, don't love concerts, but that one would be awesome. We've seen Brandy Carlisle. This will be my third time. I saw her when she was... I saw her, like, 12 years ago in the Fargo Theater with just the twins that she plays with. So I have a vintage t-shirt, basically, because it's old. I mean, it was 12, 15 years old. And um, she's... What a power dynamic of a couple of people I mean honestly so the cat is sitting on your lap yesterday okay girls was it yesterday he, he pretty much feels like if he sees a lap that's his lap Edie was standing in the hallway looking at herself in the mirror and she one night before bed and she's like there's something mess something's like doing a paper or plastic bag in the entryway I'm like oh it's probably Reggie like getting into something so I went over there and in the hallway slash laundry room, Reggie has a mouth in his mouth. You were on your chair and it, and he dropped it and it came at me and then he caught it again. And so we said, dad, come up here, get it. Yeah, come take this mouse away from the cat. But you didn't, you didn't even shut any doors. Anybody that has ever <laughs> seen a cat or a mouse knows that that's not how it works. I know, because you chased the cat towards us with the mouse in its mouth, mm, and then you let me. it that go. That was not me. And then you let it go right under our feet and went underneath a pile of clothes. Then what did you do? Are we doing this? Then you stomped it. What else are you gonna do to a mouse? That was Coax it out with a lump of cheese. <laughs> It was a croc, so it was squishy. You have to stomp harder than you think. Remember when we lived in the old house, in Grandma's old house, and we had all your family over for Oh my god! For Easter or Thanksgiving or something, your sister and your mom and your brother. We were like, it was a tiny little house, an old house, and we had a mouse and bat problem. <laughs> and a mouse came. What was it in your shoe? It was just like hanging. Out. No, it came out came out and your and sister. my sister was on a chair in the living room which the living room kitchen they're basically uh, like like the whole house was the size of our living room kitchen mm -hmm. now so it was like 600 feet it was tiny. tiny she was not coming off of that and she said i'm not leaving this chair until you get this mouse and i'm like how <laughs> am i gonna get this mouse like are you kidding me like no, just, she wasn't also it's not an attack mouse like it's not vicious like just go she thought it was and then you in got front it. of jesus and your family at easter dinner got a shoe or a boot a and boot. clobbered it in the middle of the living room for all the world to see splat happy easter yeah hero of the day Ugh. Ugh. and the girls were like Ugh. and then edie's like why do we kill mice we shouldn't have done that. No, they're outside, they're fine. They come inside, it's my house. I know. Well, I don't think this is a podcast <clears throat> that many PETA members listen to, so hopefully we're in the clear. <laughs> so, well. PETA doesn't care about mice. No. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Um, what else? Oh. Well. I was, I was going to tell you my quote when you got so mad at me for writing on the paper when I wasn't supposed to. Interrupting my train of thought? Yes. I was reading the way I read where listening. you're listening mm -hmm. to That's a book. That's not reading. Yeah, I know. This is a thing. But 
whatever. It was a book. I was consuming it. Okay. <laughs> and the guy in the book said, there was a whole bunch of stuff leading up to it, but he said, well, that's why God gave you two ears and one mouth. Oh. Because you're supposed to listen and shut up. Because you said I was a good listener. Because I listened to whatever you were talking about. I said you're a good listener? You said, oh, you were listening. Oh. And that's why I wrote it. I wasn't. But I thought it was a great, like, that's a perfect quote. Like, that is 100%. It's kind of like how Uncle Wade says, in between your mouth and your brain, there's a clutch. (laughs) Some people don't know where that is. Well, maybe that goes. But it's right there next to the brake pedal. You just stomp that clutch and it'll stop the words from flying out your mouth. (laughs) I think that goes back to, like, what I was the point I was trying to make in this week's column is like we are here to tell our stories and we're here to listen and we're here to hold each other up and help each other and yeah that's a good thing to think of too like you also are here to listen to other people hear them out make them feel seen so yeah two ears and one mouth I guess (laughs) that's a good one yeah I thought it was great yeah now what you're gonna work on our deck yeah that was the plan. <laughs> I'm never gonna get my house. <coughs> never gonna get my house done. I'm never gonna get my deck. It's fine. It's fine. It's tomato season, so I gotta go pick some. And I have a pressure canner this year, so hopefully I don't ruin all the tomatoes again. We need to buy all of the cheeses because I'm determined this fall to recreate the best grilled cheese sandwich the the recipe that i created out of nothing into something to make the best grilled cheese sandwich. alex has been asking for that but i feel like at this point there's no way you could live up to it it's like my fish taco after jumping out of the plane it was the best meal of my life only because i was near death i've hyped it up so much in my head i'll never have another better meal yeah well that's all i have to say for today that's all it's time to try to get the kids in bed are you going to talk about Rico next time? Well, yeah, next time we'll talk about kids and horses because that's this week's, this next week's column and how we've added a new horse to the collection and how the girls are doing. We'll talk about that next time. So. Oh, teaser. Teaser. I like it. Okay. I hate teasers. I want the whole story now. Well, that's why you never can start a series. I can't. Because you'll stay up for the rest of your, until it's done. Until it's over. I know. And then I'll be mad thing at is, how they ended it. Thing is, you already know what happened because it's your life. So. <laughs> yeah, but it's not over, I don't think. No, I'm just saying you know the next chapter that we're going to talk about. So. Mm, so, cliffhanger for you, not for me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I wonder what you're going to get me for my birthday. I'll update you next oh, week. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't need anything. I'm <laughs> just kidding. How do you feel about tomatoes? Thinking I'm going to get you some tomatoes. Well, maybe you could flatten that garden pile out in my yard. You could do that for my birthday. <laughs> you could build my deck for my birthday. Mm-hmm. I have so many ideas for you. Keep them coming. <laughs> okay. They all sound Finish like manual labor ad- to me. <laughs> Finish my, our addition. Hey, why don't you go sweat? <laughs> yeah, well, take a shower. You do smell terrible. Okay, bye. I love you. Bye. <laughs> bye. I love you. Bye. Three summers ago, when my daughters were four and two, we brought them to the shores of Lake Sakakawea to take a boat ride and get an ice cream cone at the marina. 
I was only a couple months or so post-surgery to remove the tumor that had been blocking a large part of my airway, the one that sliced me right down the middle and left me with three scars where the tubes went in, one big one that, for a while, and at the time, when it was fresh, resembled a zipper, nice and straight, starting at my clavicle and running all the way down my sternum. I like to think now, from far away, it makes me look like I have cleavage God never gifted me, but I digress. Anyway, at the time I wanted to do anything and everything that got me out of the house and distracted from the pain of healing up and the worry and fear that would cling to the back of my throat if I laid too still or it got too quiet. Not that it was ever quiet those days with two daughters, young and healthy, and growing in the summer sun, a blessing that would keep me out of my head and into their latest art project or wild thing they were attempting to catch. So that hot day, we all put on our swimming suits under our shorts and summer dresses and headed out to do what normal families do when they don't have a mom recovering from major surgery and are spared, at least for now, the black cloud of cancer or loss, as if any breathing adult is walking around completely free from burdens. As if being a human isn't knowing what could happen, what inevitably is going to happen, and mowing the lawn or ordering the cocktail or training for the race despite it or because of it, depending on the day depending on the outlook. The girls swam and made sandcastles and swatted away the horseflies, and we probably ate the sandwiches my husband made, or maybe we made the decision to just grab a cheeseburger at the marina restaurant, what we all wanted to do in the first place. Truth is, I don't remember the exact details of the day. I don't remember what my daughter's swimsuits looked like, or even the little nuances we swore we'd never forget, like all the words two-year-old Rosie mispronounced, or the soft pudge of their toddler cheeks under my smooches. But I do remember I couldn't lift them, so they would hold my hand and ask me when. And I do remember they would want to see that scar, to face it, to know about it, even when it was fresh and scabbed and weird and new. And they were young, and I was their mom, and while I only had a few years of this parenting thing under my hat, I understood quickly that if I wasn't scared, then they weren't scared, and so I wore that swimming suit and put on that sunscreen and, and lived in the world with my big new scar, and that was it. This was a part of us now. I have a point to make here, and I get to it more quickly when I tell this story on stage, when it's my mission to argue that our failures and imperfections, our bumps and bruises and struggles, aren't for hiding, but for acknowledging, and here's why. From across the yard of that marina, while I was standing up by the picnic tables to help situate my daughters, a man waved at me and yelled, Hey! I looked up thinking that I knew him, but I didn't know him, and so I just yelled, Hey! back because we're friendly here. <laughs> and then he pointed to his chest and loudly asked, because he was across the yard, heart surgery. No, I replied, understanding in a few beats what he was asking. Tumor, I yelled back, suddenly and weirdly feeling a little proud that a stranger noticed and acknowledged the very thing that had been running and disrupting my life for months and months. Oh, heart surgery here, he yelled back pointing again to his chest before giving me a wave and getting back to living a life he was given thanks to that scar under his shirt. Once, right after my surgery and before this stranger and I nonchalantly hollered at each other about the most terrifying times in our lives, I had a woman ask me why I didn't hide my scar. She said her husband had one too, but she buttons his shirts up to the top for him if he forgets. She's embarrassed? Maybe. Or maybe it just reminds her how scared she can be. 
I told her I wear it for all the people who would have given anything to wear this scar if it meant they had one more day here with their kids, or in their garden, or on their boat fishing the rocky shores and stopping in the marina to grab a bucket of minnows and a candy bar. It never occurred to me to hide it, but her question made me wonder why, really. The exchange with the stranger on the edge of that lake, that had me proudly declaring the imperfection to him and my daughters and anyone within yelling range, solidified the reason. If you allow yourself to be truly seen, scars and all, others see themselves in you. I argue that ACT brings with it more hope and acceptance and love than anything else we can do for one another. And that can make all the difference in the healing part. And also, sometimes those imperfections can make you look like you have cleavage. At least, maybe, from far away, if you squint. Thank you for listening to this week's Stories from the Ranch. If you want more content, you can follow me on Instagram at Veter or Facebook at Veter Ranch. If you want more information about my music, you want to download it or hear more, you can find that at jessevetermusic.com or anywhere where you listen to music. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.